welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. My name is Chad McCool, and I am joined, as always, by my brother from another mother, Andy Crow. Andy, what's going on down there in Kentucky? What's up, guys? So, I figure, since we're very professional. Um, if we are nothing else, we are professional dumpster fire operators. That's right. So since we're professionals and uh, we never we never laugh and we never cut up, um, I thought I would tell a very serious story. Are you new off. here? I believe this is my first week. <laughs> um, but I would like if 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 you would allow it, sir, uh, I would like to tell a serious story uh, entitled "Words Matter." So if you would indulge me. Uh, a youth pastor, I, I heard the story, excuse me, the other day, and it really, it just, this is ministry, folks. Um, we're down, we're dirty, we're helping people, okay? Um, so this youth pastor is taking his youth group on a trip, and they're driving down the interstate. Um, and in the most matter of fact, and like, God love this kid. Um, if you've been a youth minister, you know this kid. You may not know this particular kid, but you've had this kid. And if you're listening from my old youth group, Walter, I love you. Um, This is not Walter, but in so many ways, this is Walter. So they're driving down the road. I'm going to get in so much trouble for calling him out by name, too. That's good. You um, are, but I'm pretty sure I had this kid in. Yeah. His you, name was either Chad. Kid. His name was either Chad, not me. But another Chad or nice cover uh, up or Damien. So they're driving down the interstate, getting the most humble. Like he just had this epiphany and it came to him and he was, he was like, this is the smartest thing I've ever thought of. And so he goes, Hey, pastor, whoever, Hey, random youth pastor. It, it just hit me. We're all genitals. And, you know, you can imagine if you're the youth pastor driving that bus, like you've swerved in and out of traffic, out of the ditch, you've killed a raccoon and almost hit a deer trying to figure out what's going on. And he was like, uh, say it again. Yeah, yeah. Youth pastor, we are all genitals. And so this youth pastor pulls onto the shoulder, stops the car or the van turns the dome light on, turns around and goes, explain to me, like all the other kids are losing it. Like they're not laughing out loud because they're trying to figure out if this kid is serious or if he's just trying to pull one. And then they all quickly realize like this dude is serious as a heart attack. Like widow make her heart attack serious. And uh, trigger warning, sorry. And uh, so he's like, please explain to me, child, how we are all genitals. Hmm. And the guy looks at the kid looks up and then goes, you know, because we're not Jewish, so we're all genitals. And so the youth pastor looks at him and smiles and goes, that's right, buddy, we're all genitals. And then just continues to drive down the interstate. Out of the mouths of babes. Out of the, and I, all I could think about is, I know that kid. I've had a few of those kids. We all know that kid. Some of us were that kid. Yeah. Well, and that made me think of, speaking of some of us were that kid, um, that made me think of my childhood Bobby Hill days. Well, speaking of Bobby Wait, Hill. No, oh, no, I'm not done. So I, I was asked as a young child, and when I say young, I mean sixth, seventh grade. I was old enough to know how to read. Um, and in Kentucky, that is sixth, seventh grade. <laughs> I was going to be like, can you read? <laughs> Obviously not with the story I'm about to tell. And so I was supposed to read Philippians 4.13. I think we all know that verse, right? I can. And so I did. I stood up. I was very proud. It was a Sunday morning. Big, big crowd for our little country church. And they said, Andy, read us the verse. And I stood up and I opened my Bible and I go, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippines 413 and then just walked off like mic drop and walked off everybody's laughing and I, I didn't I couldn't figure out if they were laughing because I did such a bang up job 
um, and it was their version of clapping or the spirit was just moving. Um, and then I sat down and I was like, mom, did you, did you see that? It was awesome. And my mom goes, yeah, it was really good. When, when, when did you go to the Philippines and figure all, all that stuff out? And then it hit me what I did and I was dumbfounded. I left, I cried. It was bad. Well, not to blow your mind, young Andy Crow. So the Philippines, yeah, man, that's an easy mistake to make. P-H. Why are Filipinos spelled with an F? So I have some former students who are Filipino. Yeah, I, I, I do too. And uh, now I'm going to have to call AJ and ask that question. Because I'm being real honest with you. I didn't realize that there was two different F sounds. In the Philippines is P-H. But those who come from the Philippines, Filipinos, it's F-I-L. They're Filipinos. So on that same wavelength, um, I had the, I guess, the honor and privilege, maybe for me, not for them, but I, I was interviewed on a Christian television network, a local affiliate here in the Rocky Mountains, Christian television network show about prayer. And so I pray for about half the show, interviewed for about the first half. Um, I'm not supposed, I'm the woman who's supposed to interview me gets ill. So now I know the person, I know the per the per, I know the person who's interviewing me and they ask me, Hey, so I hear you have a podcast. So I tell them about the <laughs> podcast. I, I get to give a shout out to the podcast and, and get to plug it. And then I said, yeah, it's, it's everything. You know, we, we basically, I used the tagline that we came up with a long time ago, right? It's a, uh, culture from a 50,000 foot view through a cultural lens. And I said, yeah, we talk about everything from which apostle wore a mullet <laughs> to, you know, what we just talked about was, you know, talking about sound of freedom and things like that. So I'm at a pastor's breakfast this morning and somebody comes up to me and they say, I've got a question for you. Which apostles did have a mullet? <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't remember at all from that episode i'm like uh, peter it's always peter that's when you're like well sir go listen and find out because that was my first we're, response we're getting so close to the correct number of downloads so our our buddy keith can be be our version of flavor Flav. hey speaking of keith Speaking I, of I, Keith, I bet he, I, he's got to start forging that chain and that big old clock. But speaking of Keith, why don't you tell us, Andy, about the fine folks there at St. Gagano Armory? You know what? I think I will. St. Gagano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Gogano Armory believes the quality and authenticity are paramount. That's why they use only the finest materials and take pride in their craftsmanship. The products are not only beautiful, but they're also functional and proudly hanging in our homes and offices. So whatever it is you might need, St. Gogano has you covered. Portion of all sales go to a nonprofit uh, that goes back into the community. So why settle for a generic mass-produced items? When you can own something that is hand-forged, unique, and will help your community out at the same time. So go on over and visit them at etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. You can browse their selection of handcrafted blacksmith merchandise. And don't forget to check them out on social media at at St. Galgano. It is great stuff. I mean, I, I really, I was admiring the hooks in my office today. And I, and I, and I mean this sincerely, like, wholeheartedly it is the best bottle opener i've ever had in my life it's never failed me once no and i've i've jacked my finger on a few bottle openers um well some of them you know it's a two three time to get it off oh yeah now this is a one and done baby one and done so keep one and some... it's like a it's like a really good college basketball player one and done <laughs> but they're also great conversation pieces oh absolutely so I really, I, I, I appreciate the, the friendship and the partnership that this podcast has with the folks at St. Galgano Armory and, 
you know, I've grown to really um, appreciate and love Keith and some of the interactions that I've had with him, you know, behind the scenes and just in, in, in the day to day. And so I know this isn't what we talked about. I think we were going to kind of do a continuation of our last episode and talking about worship. Um, but I'm going to call an audible. Um, and that means I'm proclaiming that I am the quarterback. So I am, cl- I am calling an audible today. And I really want to talk about friendship and Christian yeah. friendship. <laughs> um, I spent the, this some point this afternoon um, kind of discussing discussing pastoral friendship with a bunch of other pastors from actually from around the globe this morning and um i really i'm going to start with scripture so you know the pastor me is going to come out like if you have your bibles let's turn to first samuel 23 but um and if you know like if you know scripture you don't know scripture first samuel 23 really looks at at david i think a lot of you know this story I'm not going to preach here, but King, you know, David, David's not yet King. Don't he, lie. This is a total sermon. He's on the run from Saul. You know, who is the King, the first King of Israel that the people have asked for. Uh, David is known. He's, he's God's chosen one to replace Saul. He's going to be King, but Saul is out to kill him um, to protect himself and self-preservation and all that good stuff. So Saul's out to kill him. And, and David finds himself in, in Keilah, where the Philistines have been attacking them. And he, he basically liberates Keilah from the Philistines. And how do they repay David? They ride him out to Saul and they tell Saul exactly where he is. And, you know, so David's on the run. And there's a point then in verse 15 where it says, David was in the wilderness of Ziph and Horesh when he saw that Saul had come out to take his life. Then Saul's son, Jonathan, came to David and Horesh and encouraged him in his faith in God, saying, Don't be afraid, for my father Saul will never lay a hand on you. You yourself will be king over Israel, and I'll be your second in command. Even my father Saul knows it is true. Then the two of them made a covenant in the Lord's presence, and afterward David remained in Horesh while Jonathan went home. And I think this is a verse I've been thinking about today because I really think about friendship, right? And as men... And I think, I think maybe ladies have an easier time at this. And I don't know necessarily if that's true. I'm not a lady, but it seems like ladies have an easier time at this. But I know for men, it, it's difficult, especially men of a certain age, to have friendships that really matter. Particularly, you know, and, and I, I'm going to say this, I, I have, I, I also find it utterly ridiculous as a grown man to say I have a best friend. Right. I I think it's. I don't know. I just find it strange, but I do have two best friends, one of them, you know, you. Who I'm going to get all sappy here, who I love dearly, and I've been through. You've seen me at my worst. I have cried over your shoulder. I have I have snotted on you, sobbed on you. We we, have sloppy cried together. We have. You've seen me at my darkest time. And I have a friend who isn't a believer, Alex, who I also love dearly and have been through some things with him. But maybe we have different levels of or or different facets of intimacy. And and so I'm going to say this: don't that word right has been hijacked to mean something that's completely like you know romantic and and sexualized and i think there's so many levels of intimacy but there there are things i will share with you that i might share with alex but i don't necessarily know if alex would understand it as much right from a christian worldview so i'm not saying that alex isn't worthy to know that but i i think i love both of you dearly and and you both mean and have you know incredible places in my life but I'm not saying that you're better over him or he's better over you. But I think the fact that you are a believer and the fact that you're a pastor, right? You, I, I can share things with you that I wouldn't necessarily share with somebody who's not a pastor or not a believer because I don't want to dishonor the church. No, absolutely. And I, I think it's pretty evident. Like, I don't know that adults use best friends anymore. Uh, but if you've listened to this show at all and you couldn't tell that we are 
not just co-hosts of a podcast, but are legit best friends. Um, I don't know really what you're listening to. Uh, I mean, we talk. I might talk to you almost as much as I talk to Doctor Wife, if we're being if we're being honest. Um, because I'm a good good portion of the week when I'm driving to work. I you know I give you a phone call. Um, and, and if it's not an audible call, we're texting like fifteen year old oh, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, but no, and I, I think that, and you know, in in different seasons, different people come. You know, like my childhood best friend, me and him still talk. Right, we've kind of grown apart over the years. Like literally, I moved to Iowa and Indiana, but back to Kentucky, and we're we're pretty excited to be close again. But now our work schedules are nuts um, and don't line up. So there's that. Um, But then, you know, like I've got a gentleman that I work with. Um, I think I've made, well, I don't think I know I've made fun of his girlfriend on the podcast. um, If you remember a while back, but like Hicks, I I don't think the transition of moving from Terre Haute to Owensboro would have been near as easy for me if God hadn't placed him in my life because he, he has definitely helped me through some times here. And so we're going to have, have friendships and, and men, especially we forego friendships a lot because from such a young age, we're, we're taught to, to hold stuff in and to, to not talk about feelings and emotions. And uh, I'd like to sit here and say that I am pretty in tune with my feelings and emotions. Um, But my wife listens to the show and she will call into the show and tell me that I'm a big fat liar. Can we do call-ins? Well, you have a cell phone and I have a cell phone. Oh, I'm booking that. So if you Dr. Wife, (laughs) I'm speaking to you directly. You you will be a call-in guest. You can't be a guest. You have to call in. We're gonna do a call in. We gotta figure out how to do call-ins on Zoom, but we'll figure it out. Um I'll just hold the phone up to the mic like I did on that song long ago. (laughs) But you know, we're I I would I would say that. I know that I have feelings, right? Because I tell my wife every day that I love her. I tell my kids every day multiple Wait, times that I time love out. her. Because so. what you say to me at the end of the phone of our oh, phone God. conversations. Well, I was just about to say that I, I am. Ex- I am sure exactly mirrors what you tell your wife at the end of their of your phone conversations. It's love you. Bye. Click. <laughs> you may get more than she gets if we're being honest here. <laughs> oh. And I think she'll tell you that too. Um, I don't even know that she gets a buy. I think it's just love you click. Um, but that that leads me to the point that I was going to make. Guys don't really like. Yeah, we tell our wives, we tell our kids, um, we'll tell our moms. Um, I, I don't know how often we tell our dads. Um, and it's because I don't know how often our dads tell us. Um, it was different for me. My granddad told me he loved me all the time, but that's, you know, that's a papa. Um, and so, and I'm trying to think, like, I, I talked to my dad. I met my dad when I was almost 30 and he died like four or five years later, I guess, you know, I'm too much to handle. Um, but I don't, I don't recall ever saying love you. You know, that was, that wasn't a thing, but again, we didn't know each other very well. So that, that tracks. But I, I think realistically for us to to be able to open up and to have friendships, we have to be honest with each other. Mm. And so we have to we I think it's important that you let people in your life know. And that I think that's a big reason why when I get off the phone with you, it's the same thing with my wife. Now, our love is totally different. Um, as I reference the guy love song from Scrubs, right? Um, it's Guy Love. If you have not watched the musical episode of Scrubs, um, where Guy Love is performed, highly recommend. I think now me and Chadwick are going to get matching uh, bracelets that say Chad and Andy. Um, and they might even have the hillbilly and hipster on them somewhere. And we might, you know, that might be an item we sell at some point. But uh, I think you have to tell the people in your life that you love them. And so, and I, I think men especially. You should be telling your friends that you love them. Because sometimes, like, yeah, actions are big. Like, I know 
that you know, I know that you love me based on action, right? Like you're there for me. If I need you, I can call you no matter what time it is. Um, you know, I had to talk you out of flying from East San Francisco to Owensboro when when the whole fiasco of uh, uh, that Pepal was going through. Um, and it was going to be just stupid expensive. And I, I just remember being like, you, you don't have to come. It's going to be okay. Yeah, dear airlines, why is it so dang expensive to fly to Louisville, Kentucky? <laughs> Can someone explain that to me? Well, the airport in Owensboro, it's starting to, and Evansville is starting to get pretty big. You're not big, but I would have accessible. to take three flights from here to get to Evansville. Louisville I'm apparently totally is the Paris of the of Appalachia. It very much is. It is. Uh, well, it's, it's bougie. They'll tell you that. Oh yeah, yeah, they will. And now I've ticked off half of the population because, like, we're not in Appalachia. Uh, but you are. But no, like, again, if you haven't watched that episode of Scrubs, highly recommend it. Well worth the 30 minutes it's going to take you to watch it. Um, And if you have Hulu, it's on there. 22. Half hour episodes are 22 minutes. But if you don't have Hulu, no ads, you have to watch the commercials, sir. Don't come at me with that junk. (laughs) Um. So I just encourage you, like, and, and we'll we'll get in a little deeper. And so, but tell the people in your life you love them. Like, there's a reason why men we tell our wives we love them, we tell our kids that we love them, so they are so at least your kids are well adjusted and don't think you're just some cranky old man. Although my kids some days think I'm a cranky old man that says I love you a lot. Because you know, pretty much every time my kids leave the room, it's like, hey, buddy, I love you. Have fun. Yeah. And And then they're like, oh, dad, shut up. And the piggyback on that, like I grew up in a household, right? So I grew up, you know, old school East Coast under, you know, with Eastern European immigrants. So like love and hugs, like they were more cultural and common, right? And I grew up in a household where that word was thrown around. I love you, but it didn't mean anything. And so... I really became jaded about it. So when you talked about like with, with dads and stuff like that, like I make a point now to tell my father that I love him and he'll say it back, even though I know it's not his nature because, you know, he's a man of a certain age who, you know, comes from the South. And so that isn't something you, you say freely. Although it took me a while to realize that when my dad tells you particularly on the phone, be careful that that's my dad telling you, I love you. Absolutely. And I think for, for men of a certain age, that's it. Yeah. Cause I think my father-in-law will tell me he loves me, but again, I think it's, it's, and I know that he does. I know my father-in-law loves me um, because when I asked him to marry his daughter, he said, it's not my decision. Why are you asking me? Um, <laughs> My mother-in-law said no, but my father-in-law said it's not my decision. So that's how I know my father-in-law loves me. Um, and But yeah, every time we leave, be careful. Make sure you get them home safe. Now, joke's on him because Dr. Wife drives. Because if we don't, we're just going to fight because she she's a control freak. And so she drives. But yeah, hey, be careful. Get her home safe. That that says more to me than the three words, you know, that, that we string together. Yeah. And, and I think it's an imperative for men and not just talking about as pastors, but as as men, that it's an imperative that we have close, intimate, life giving friendships and not just for us, but our wives need those as well. And I think we don't make this a priority. Right. We we deceive ourselves to think that we we're we don't need this. Right. We're men. We're an exception. We we're uh, we're Americans. Right. We're a pull ourselves up by the bootstraps <laughs> kind of people. We can go it alone. So um, when you said we're men, all I heard in my head was the men in tight song where men, men in tight, tight, tight. Sorry, I, you're being serious and I'm just cackling over here in the corner. <laughs> This is good. This this episode is going to need a disclaimer. <laughs> I'll be serious for the next five minutes, I promise. But I think that 
in order to develop these friendships, right, we have to look at ourselves and we, right, I have to be a good, honest and safe friend to you in order to have that from you, right? It's a, it's a two-way street. Like we have to find the way and find the safety to be a good, safe, honest friend to someone else. And I will say like, as a pastor, sometimes we're jaded because someone told me this when I was in seminary, right? Sheep bite. And sometimes sheep, the sheep bite hard. And Say it if, again for the people in the back. Sheep bite. And, oh, man. And I think that as a pastor, right, and, and, and I'm going to say this isn't just for pastors, too, because I think this is for men in church, because I'm going to go off on my hot topic or my hot take here, right? The church, probably for the last, I don't know, four or five decades, right, have, have really done a really good job to exclude men. Right. The average man who walks in the church is a great place for women. It is a great place for children. There isn't a place for men to plug in. They can have a men's breakfast. They can go rake the leaves outside. But the place looks like grandma's living room. Most of the time, right, especially with this third way winsome, you know, effeminate pastors in the pulpit, they're not really speaking to men. So the church has grown and, and granted, if you're not in a church like that, I'm not saying all churches are like this. And I pray that I am not a pastor like this. But I think the church has not done a good job to attract men. So if men have gone to church and they feel unsafe with the relationships that they, they're forging in church, then I think that even whether you're a pastor or a churchgoer, if the church is unsafe, then no one else is safe. And so we put oh, up absolutely. this guard and we're not going to have friendships. Absolutely. And I think, right, the church is for everyone. Let's, let's be honest, not just for men. We're not, we're not advocating that you manly and eyes. Is that a word? Manly and eyes? No, that's but not I, a word, I, but you I know think I mean. you should make an effort in your church to. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we're not, attractive. we're not, we're not trying to say go through and hang deer antlers and camo, you know, re reupholster the, uh, the pews and in, in camo. Um, although I'm sure that would go over well with a lot of guys. That's my next um, church plan. Well, Dumas, Texas. Happens, I am planning a church in Dumas, Texas with camo pews and deer heads on the wall. And here's the thing. If on opening day of deer season, you'll never know if there are guys sitting in the pews or not because they'll be wearing camo. Hey, right. So I served, at a little country church in Shepherd, Texas, Drew's Landing Baptist Church. And you knew when deer season was coming, because God bless him, Uncle Bill, he made you call him Uncle Bill. He would lead worship and we would sing when you, when as the deer pants broke out from the hymnal, you, if you didn't know the calendar, you knew deer season was coming. And yes, on most Sundays, we had camo Sunday just about every Sunday. No, I ain't mad about it either. But like we're not advocating for that. No, no, absolutely. But what not. we are advocating for is we push this, this, and and me and you are not on the same same side of this argument to an extent. Um, but to to kind of take what you you said to me at one point, and if I'm if I'm repeating this wrong, please uh, correct me. It'd be the first time today I've been wrong, um, since I just said that, but. Um, again, you know, we've taken and we've made it very, very welcoming to women and to kids and to families because it's very soft. There's not a lot of deep stuff. It's very, very shallow. There's high and there's bye and there's get out. We sing frou-frou songs. You know, you have a very weak message. And then we, we're gone. Um, and to an extent, I'll agree with that. I don't, me as a man, although if I am your your measuring stick of manliness, um, you're pretty short. Uh, the the whole welcoming factor doesn't bother me. Sure, right. I, and I'll I'll get some chuckles from this, but like I would consider myself an introvert. I'm a very shy person. Um. And so when I come into a church, 
I want my kids to feel safe and comfortable. Like when we were in Terre Haute at both churches that, that my kids attended in Terre Haute, the two that I served at, um, they felt probably more comfortable at that church than I did. And it was like, they ran it, man. We got into the parking lot and before I even had my seatbelt unbuckled, they were out running into the church, excited to be there. And they just, they walked around the church like they owned it. Right. And so I want my kids to feel that way. And so if that means the church is a little more soft in appearance as far as decor and making it homey. Sure. I think I, I think I'm okay with that. And because I'm also the type of person like, yeah, I'm shy and introverted, but I'm gonna find some people to talk to and to pour into and that will pour into me. Um, I mean, we we've been attending this church since November of last year, so just under a year. Um, and I think about a m- October since October, we joined in November. Um, I think after the first or second week, like I told Connor, I was like, Hey, we need to get coffee. I'd like to get to know you. And from that first meeting, we said like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm leaving this meeting with a friend. Like right. we, we have a new friend and, and that relationship has grown. Um, because I'm going to put that effort out now. I'm a lot different than a lot of guys because a lot of guys, you know, they're drug in and they're not looking for anything deep because that's not who they are. And they're going to come in, they're going to shake hands and they're going to get out. Well, I think they are looking for something deep. And this is, I mean, this, could I don't be, know this, that they know that though. this might be a whole correct. And I, this might be a whole other app, right? I, I don't think they know it because if they've had engagement in the average church, they've not been engaged because they've they've been told now for a generation that you ever see the movie tombstone oh yeah okay so tombstone cannot be released today so as you know you being in your last time like you being involved in youth ministry at a um more recently than i have if you showed you tombstone to your youth ministry do they even get it they're going to be tuned out probably by the second act. I'm going to be real honest with you. We watched Pirates of the Caribbean and they were tuned out. Right. But Tombstone, right there, there's a point that Tombstone is like, these were, we were allowed to see movies like this when men were allowed to be men. And it's not that long ago. I think Tombstone was made in like 95. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not that long ago. Has a uh, great soundtrack too, by the way. It's just, it. it it's probably like, Westerns are amazing. It's probably the most quotable movie ever. It is the coolest Val Kilmer performance ever. I'll be your I'll be your Huckleberry. Plus Kurt what plus Kurt Russell. I mean, I think it's probably the best Kurt Russell performance. And if you ever see it, there's an early Billy Bob Thornton. He's he's kinda he's kind of chunky for Billy Bob Thornton, and he has the the best uh <laughs> he's he's out there pretty much in the beginning of the movie and has an interaction with Wyatt Earp and it's, it's all, it's all pretty cool. But I, I do think that we've, those men don't know that they need something deep because they've been told they're wrong. And they sit there with guys up in the pulpit who are catering to women. And I'm not saying that pastors should not cater to women or, or shouldn't acknowledge women or be pastoral towards women, but, I think we've done men a disservice for a few years. And now there are some churches where that's fine. And there are churches that do it to the extreme. Cause for me, I'm not going to the men's retreat or something. That's like, you know, it sounds like it's the demolition derby at the County fair on Sundays. Like we've got chainsaws and tanks and we're going to be throwing spears and fire. And I'm like, dude, no, like let, let, let's talk about Jesus. Um, you look at a guy and he goes, pull my finger. And all of a sudden, like Roman candles start shooting out of places. You don't know where they're coming from. That's you. <laughs> Welcome to Fourth of July at the Crow House. No, but I, I think it's hard sometimes for men to make friends at church because society's not allowed us to be men. And I do think that this is this could be a whole other episode entirely on that. But But it's also, I think, on the us because we... We have to make the extra effort to make new friendships. And I, you know, I have a, a friend, a budding friendship with a gentleman here um, where I live in Colorado and, and we've gotten along pretty good. And we've, 
you know, we met through a, a mutual friend through some ministry things and he's not a pastor, but we've, you know, I, I try to reach out to him, you know, and we've had lunch and we've gone to have a beer and stuff like that. And, you know, and I told him, I was like, yeah, it'd be much easier if we were 10 and I ring your doorbell and be like, Hey, can Jeff come out to play? Like I've just moved in a block. Hey, you're my best friend, but you know, we're middle-aged and now that's creepy and weird. So we well, have to make that, that effort. You used to come knock on my door and be like, Ashley, can Andy come out and play? <laughs> <laughs> All I remember is the one day, like hanging out at your house, like it was the middle of the afternoon and she came and Ashley came home and she was mad at you because you didn't clean up before I got I didn't, there. I didn't clean up and I didn't offer you something to drink. That's what I got in trouble for. Right. And ultimately, Which, like I would have gone. I, I knew you well enough at that point in time that I would have just gone to your refrigerator yeah. and gotten something to drink. That's what myself. I told her. I said, I was like, Dr. Wife, he has been around us long enough to know that our house looks lived in. It's not dirty. No. They're, the boys had some toys in the living room and a blanket on the couch. Like, and also he knows where the dishes are. If he wants a drink, go get a drink. And full disclosure, I'm not a germaphobe, but if your house is dirty, like lived in and messy are different than filth. And if your house is dirty, I wouldn't have come over. No, exactly. So let me tell you, let me, let me go back to the story. Come and see if and I'm sure you remember this. Um, this was early, early in our friendship. Dr. Wife was out of town for something. And I'm pretty sure yours was out of town as well. And Peter, I'm going to need you to calm down. Um, and the Braves were playing the Mets. This was back in your, you know, pre-Jesus days when you were a Mets fan. Um and so I was like, hey, why don't you come over? We'll watch a game. I'll smoke some ribs. And so I was like, just bring a side. It'll be good. And I have never seen a grown man so uneasy as when you walked into my house and I had plates fixed and obviously games on, you know, have a drink. Um, and you ate like it wasn't you didn't eat. But walking in, you were so cautious. And then I remember it's like the seventh inning, right? And you look over at me and you're like, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't like eating at other people's houses. And I had a litany of excuses to tell you on why I wasn't going to eat. And I was like, but you ate. And you're like, yeah, that's how you know I'm comfortable. Yes. Because I ate your food. <laughs> Absolutely. That is true. Because like I I could say this, I think, in full disclosure or not uh, paid a price for this. I have a sibling who I would not ever eat at his house. We'll just leave it at that. Well, it's like it's like the potluck at church. Oh, I'm, you have oh, to know. I'm frightened by the potlucks. I need to know who made that dish. You, you got an and so I remember, and I, he will remain nameless at the, the Baptist church that I was serving at. And they never stayed for potlucks. Like I think in the six that we had in our time there, that they were there with us. He they stayed for one. And we were going through the line together, and he goes, man, that looks good. Do you know who made that? I'm like, oh, I think so-and-so made it. That's usually what they make. And he and like, he's in mid-scoop, right? He's like, ooh, and I say who made it, and he just puts the scoop back down and keeps going. I said, what's what's your deal? And he goes, I've been to their house. Yes, sir. I'm not eating, I'm not eating that. Amen. And it was like, well, I, I look, I get it. I ate it. Don't get me wrong. I was sick for two days, but I ate it. Some things are just worth it, okay? And, and that day, that green bean casserole looked real good. Green bean casserole is never worth it. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I admit, like, you know, for you and I and the friendship we've had, you know, I believe God's hands in it. And if you're struggling as a man and you feel alone and, and, and I'm going to say this, you know, your spouse, right. Your wife. Yes. You, you should be revealing things to her and using her. But I think as men, we need men in our lives that we can share those things with and, and, and to have somebody who's safe and faithful, who's not our wife. 
And, and I think it's perfectly okay to ask the Lord to provide that for you, right? For both you and for your wife. You know, if you, if your wife is missing that person in their lives, you know, that to have a woman that they can rely on, ask God to provide your wife with that friend, right? Ask God to provide you with that friend. And I, and I do think like, you know, we were blessed that God, you know, cause the funny thing is, I don't know if you noticed that I met your youngest son before I met you. Cause I was sitting in a pew in that church and I knew you and I knew the situation with your youngest son and, and your uh, we were sitting at the church okay, that to, you were on staff at. To clarify my, my youngest son is adopted. Correct. So when you say the situation, like I could see light bulbs going off in people's head trying to figure oh, yeah. out what it is. Uh, yeah. We, we bought our youngest son. Well, this is before, this is before it was finalized and, and the, the, the child care worker at, First Southern in Terre Haute had him sitting in the pew before us from an association meeting. I was rocking him back and forth. And they're like, oh, this is this is our youth pastor's son. And I was like, oh, and I think I met Ashley before I met you because I don't I don't think we formally she came and got him. And but, you know, and but it's totally by God's providence, you know, that you and I connected. And it's I mean, when I say that you truly are that that intro in the beginning of this podcast, right? That you're my brother from another mother. Like that's legit. And what's funny about it is uh, we applied for the same church. Correct. And I think that was a stumbling block. Our friendship probably could have been a year older because I was afraid to really contact you because I thought maybe you had. So I mixed feelings or ill feelings. And I'm, I'm sure that we've mentioned this before. I can't see how we wouldn't have. Um, in Terre Haute, I was interoming, interoming, interoming. I was the for this moment pastor for this church while the senior pastor went on sabbatical. He comes back, announces his resignation, um, and then I interim interimed a little more there, uh, but then told him like, "Hey, I w- I want to apply for it, so I'm not going to interim anymore." And they're like, "Oh, that makes sense." And so we go through the interview process, and like. This is where God humbled me on so many occasions. But like I knew like I knew the people of the church. I loved the people of that church. The people of that church loved me. Like in my head, there's no way I don't get this. And so I get called in for the, like the third interview. And like, well, it's down between you and one other person. And I was like, ha. And they're like, well, they're from out of town. And I was like, who moves? out of town for a, a bivocational position. Like, welcome. What kinda, welcome. Kind of crackpot does that? Like I got this in the bag. And You're he's looking like at the, him. He's the token interview, right? And then I remember laying in bed two weeks later and I get a phone call and they're like, hey, you're going to get an email tomorrow, but you know, we respect and love you as a person. So we want to let you know um, we're going with the other guy and my heart sank. And for a second, I was mad. And then, like, God just gave me this epiphany of, like, shut up. It's my my timing, not yours. Yeah. Um. And so then Roger Bear, God love Roger Bear. Brandon he's like, hey, he's like, hey, this uh, really cool guy is coming to, to Terre Haute to take that. You know, you, I need you to meet him. And I was like, maybe he doesn't because you knew that I interimed and I'm pretty sure they had told you that I had applied. I knew you had applied. And then I was like, well, maybe he doesn't you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't want anything to do with me because, you know, maybe he thinks I'm bitter or maybe, maybe he thinks that I'd just be stepping on his territory. So I never reached out. You were in the same boat. And then we met each other at that associate associational meeting like six months later and scheduled time to go to breakfast. And that was one of many breakfast dates that we had. That was, and so I, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you this in, in a completely heterosexual. It's guy love. I do. I, I do love you. Guys. And I, I am grateful for you every day. Like, I thank Absolutely. God. I thank God for you every day. And sometimes I can be, um, what am I going to say? This is a family friendly podcast. I can be a butthole and I am by nature. 
Wait, that's where you went with that? I gotta think of a family friendly scene you went with butthole? Are we tw- are we twelve? I am a twelve year old boy. I, we act twelve. Well. Don't get me wrong, but man, but that's even, funny. Even through my nonsense, you 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 put up with me and you still love me, and I, I totally appreciate you for that. No, like I said, dude, like I, I love you. We we've got each other through some some pretty well ride or die baby ride or die (laughs) we were talking uh that's a vibe brain i'll come back to that but no like we've got we've been through each other's darkest moments within the last 10 years Mm. um i don't it's not been quite 10 years but really like the darkest moments in the last 10 years of my life you've been there for 90 percent of them mine too ups and downs like we had to uh we had to come up with this when we were going through the adoption process the the state of indiana is like well you need to bring a couple with you at this next like family team meeting that's going to be your support system dude i remember that i totally forgot about that and they're like yeah a lot of people will bring like the essentially the grandparents yeah and we're like yeah we don't have any family here in town like we're not from here we're transients um and i was like i will take chad so I we totally call, forgot about we that. call you and, and you guys came and, and met. And that's, I think that may be the first time that you had ever seen Ashley dismiss me from a room. Yeah. Because <laughs> the lady goes, I have some, I have, look, I have a sick twisted sense of humor. I have for a while, I think in order to be in youth ministry, you have to, and then to do the job that I do now, like you just have to have some dark humor. Uh, and so the lady who was, Never mind. The lady was like, Do you have any other questions? And it's her and her supervisor. Lady, she was barely like 22. Yeah, but her supervisor was <laughs> was old. So it was the two of them. It was you and your wife. And then it was it was me and Dr. Wife. And the kids weren't there. I don't remember where the kids were. Like they didn't have to come to that meeting, um, which is probably for the best. Um, so we're signing everything. And they're like, Do you have any other questions? And like literally the next thing to do is to go before the judge to get rights terminated and then to go before the next judge and then to be like, oh, that's your baby. Um, and so I was like, well, I just, what is the return policy <laughs> since we're buying this child? And your jaw hit the floor and the lady, like the our caseworker, like she just stared at me like I was dead. And then her supervisor was trying to figure out if I was serious. And then Dr. Wife goes, Andy, why don't you go ahead and go to the van? Yeah. Just go ahead and go to the van. Thank you. And then I walked out with a big smile on my face. <laughs> like, so, I mean, you were there for, you know, for the adoption of, of, of my youngest, you were there to, to help me get through the, the, the shenanigans with Pepal. Um, you know, talking me off the ledge when, you know, career decisions didn't work out the way that I wanted them to and really hyping me and Dr. Wife up for our move to back to Kentucky because we were, we got nervous there for a little while. And even after we got here, things weren't great because the kids weren't especially happy to have left Terre Haute. They may be the only people in the history of people to be upset when you leave Terre Haute. Not. Nah. In all this full disclosure, I miss Terre Haute every day. Oh no, I miss Terre Haute. I got don't mad love for Terre Haute. I'd go back tomorrow. I I'd go visit. I don't know that I'm moving. Back. I, I'd I'd go back. <laughs> I mean, it'd have to be it'd have to be a God thing. Like the right the right thing would have to pop up. But uh, there are places in Terre Haute I wouldn't go back to, and that's another podcast for another topic. That's behind the paywall. <laughs> that is yep. And if you'd like to get on in on that action, please let us know. Um, buy stuff from St. Gagana Armory and we'll build yeah, a paywall. <laughs> that's right. Hit them up and we'll tell you our deepest, darkest secrets. We'll tell you where the buy. I mean, the, yeah, moving on. No, but I'll admit this. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I've ever admitted this or, or talked about this on the podcast, right? But, you know, you were there for me when um, my wife left me. Um, didn't want to really be a part of marriage or ministry anymore, or definitely not be a part of the tribe that we were in, in Christianity. And I'm sure this is going to come back to bite me, but nah. it's okay. I, God's God is good and he's sovereign over all things. Right. And, and so it, it's been a, it's been a battle and it's a, 
I mean, it was the darkest time of my life. And I remember that night um, dumping a, a a bottle of Old Forester that I, I had in my cabinet in, down the sink because I didn't want it in the house. And I called you up and like, you got to take my guns because then I wasn't suicidal, but I was afraid. You know, I didn't want that temptation, right, to be in an empty house alone where everything was gone. And, um, you know, and long story short, and we, you know, we could, we could definitely do a paywall episode about this. But, you know, I, God's been so good to me through this season because he's, he's rebuilt me, lifted me up, given me back things that I never knew that I would have. But ultimately, I know it's all through God, but I could not have done it, even though I, I even though I, I ended up leaving and moving back here. Um, I couldn't have done it without you. And I know that ultimately that's God's hand, but I couldn't have done it without you because I think if I had not had you, who else is going to load that cash in the back of your minivan? Correct. And Alex, when I moved here, <laughs> right, and got to stay with Alex, had right. I not had either of you on both sides of that equation, I don't know where I'd be today. And ultimately, like having God, had I not been, you know, if this had happened when I wasn't walking with the Lord, I'd, I'd have been a basket case. And Lord knows I was a basket case. But having those friendships were... I don't, you know, through God's grace and putting you in my life and 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 having that connection with Alex, I I don't know where I'd be. And so my my charge to all of you men who are listening and and ladies too, because you need this as well. And and let's, I maybe let's maybe be I'm honest. Ignorant. I'm going to interrupt you. I'm yeah. going to interrupt you for a second. Let's be honest. So I'm going to speak to pastors, and then I want to speak to people about pastors for a second. Um, you'll hear a lot of, a lot of people say, Hey, pray for your pastors. You never know what battle they're facing or pray for your pastors. Cause everybody's really nice to them in front of their face, but then they're just catching all kinds of crap right behind their back. And you don't see that. And while that is true as, as a pastor, uh, as, as, as pastors, we, we covet your prayers. Um, we covet your friendships and when I say friendships, I, not the kind of friendships where, like, I'm your pastor, so we're friends, let's go have coffee, and just all we talk about is church stuff. No. As a pastor, like, I can be your pastor, but I also want to be your friend. Like, yeah. I want to I wanna go watch a ball game and not necessarily talk about church. I love talking church, right? I, I think if you know me, you know that. But I also love talking sports, and I love talking about the work that I do for the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And I love talking about what my kids do. Right. And so be friends with your pastor outside of church, pray for your pastor, but pray for your pastor's wife, because everything that your pastor puts up with that goes on at church, the behind the curtain stuff that nobody really sees the, the backstabbing, the conflict, the, Everything that tries to get swept under the rug that your pastor deals with, your pastor's wife deals with it too. Oh, because sometimes I, more so though. Though. Oh, absolutely. Because and your and, and your pastor's kids, because your pastor's yes. kids are under a microscope, and and also they hear what you say about your pastors. Just I just want to throw that out there. Um, I don't know how that always gets back to them, but it sure does. But I remember. Um, when I was serving at Agape, I would come home from board meetings, <clears throat> from from leadership meetings, and and Doctor Wife she 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 goes to bed at a at a regular time, right? Sometime somewhere between eight thirty and nine thirty, she's in bed. But I would get home from leadership meetings, and she'd be laying in bed, and but she'd be wide awake, ready to talk, because she knew that I was going to be upset. And so I would unload on everything, you know, so-and-so said this, and they don't like this, and, and, and just, you know, this is what was said, and this is what was meant, and I kind of felt like I was, I was stabbed here and slapped there and this and that and everything else, and she would just take it. She wouldn't, she wouldn't try to come back and try to fix it. She would just take it and internalize it just to give me a sounding board. And, the, and, and not to say that everything was bad at that church, right? Like I would come home sometimes and be like, hey, 
you know, this happened and, oh, we're going to do this and, oh, I'm excited about it. And, you know, there was good stuff. But all the the bad stuff that your pastor deals with, like, we have to have somewhere to put that. And pastor's wives take the brunt of that. And so they they do. And they they get it from the congregation of, well, your husband's sermon sucked today. It could have been a little better. Or, yeah, you know, I don't really like the shoes with that suit. Or if you're like, if I'm your pastor, your 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 husband should dress a little more professional. It's all right. Um, I get that too. You know, and why could he comb his beard from time to time? That'd be great. Um, these are all things that have been said to either me or Ashley. Well, uh, Andy, you should be combing your beard from time to time. Come on, you look. I, I should, but I, I, there were days, man. There were days, and so like they're catching that side of it, and then they're catching the stuff that we're griping about. So. It's on their shoulders too, so even please, more so because they didn't pray ask for, for it. your pastors. That's right; they are not on the payroll, but the church a lot of times will treat them like they are. And I'm going to say this to piggyback on that: if your pastor's wife is not musically inclined, or she has a, a her own career, she has her own children to worry about. Your pastor's wife does not have to lead the children's ministry, lead the women's ministry, or lead the praise team or the worship team. Right. It let her be a wife and mother first before she's serving in any other capacity. And I, I Dr. Wife, she served. She served faithfully in the in the nursery and when I need you know in the kids program. Uh she would teach youth when I needed her to. Like she served. But you know, and, and I'm always very upfront and clear when I interview with a church, like what are your expectations of my wife? Oh, absolutely. You need to. Because here's the deal. Like, while we're a package deal, she has a career. Um, If you expect me to do, you know, all of this stuff, like somebody has to be with our kids. We can't just leave, leave little kids home. So like, you have to have some grace with that. Come on. My mom did. She left me home with a newborn when I was four. Come on. It's normal. I turned out fine. Is this a good time to talk about my trailer trash story, or is that too far off top? We can close with your trailer trash story. Let's go, and then next week I'll I'll close I'll close with my white trash urban. We didn't have a trailer, but I was urban white trash. We can close with mine next week. Okay, so I think I'm safe with this. Um, this is not a clean story, language wise. It's fine, but you'll figure out what I mean by not a clean story. Don't eat um, while you're listening to this portion of the podcast. Gotta love my stepdad, right? So we we have a rocky relationship from time to time. Um, him and my mother got together when I was in sixth grade, maybe. I don't know. I quit counting. But anyway, he, somewhere around eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. Um, yeah, seventh or eighth grade. My uh, stepdad decided he needed a pair of blue jean shorts. And he took one of his old pair of blue jean shorts and cut them off into shorts. And I don't know if he had some courage going through his veins or if he just wasn't smart. Uh, And he made himself some Daisy Dukes. Yeah. Um, And bless his heart, he wore them. Uh, well, he wouldn't he wouldn't wear them if he was going to be out and about. But if he was just piddling around the house or out in the building in his shop, uh, he wore those bad boys. I, I, I believe you. I met your stepdad once. Uh, probably at the ordination. Correct. Well, well he was at the adoption. Uh, too. So a couple of times. Right. So a couple of times. But all I got to say is, you know, those shorts would be culturally appropriate today. He could Absolutely. wear them outside. He's just I, I, he's just he's just living his best life. I encourage you, actually. Um, and so at that, at this point in time in our lives, um, I had been attending church for a little bit. My mother is starting to attend church, my stepfather, not so much. And he would get upset from time to time when we'd be like, Hey, uh, pop, pop. That's my kids calling pop, pop now. So I'll just refer to him as pop, pop. Uh, Hey, pop, pop. Do you want to go to church? And there were times that he would get annoyed that we just keep asking because he, he had issues with God at that point. And so he decides at this point, as we're getting ready to walk out of our trailer to go to church, uh, we're standing in the middle of the dining room kitchen, the eating kitchen, 
uh, and it's got linoleum floors. And if you think about like 90s, early 2000s, uh, linoleum, you know, it's the white and it's got the little squares that are with the black dots. You know what I'm talking about. And he goes and he hikes up to uh, to pass gas, if you will, on my mother. And we're all laughing. And as we're laughing and he hikes up to pass gas on my mother, you hear a splat. Oh, dear Lord. And my man, Pop Pop, dutied himself. And then it fell on because his shorts were so short because he had the daisies on but I also love that you were going to church. Oh, absolutely. He wasn't. It was just me and mom. So it made this so much that's what makes this so much better. And so, like I at this point, I look down and see it. Pop Pop's face um is just mortified. Like he's so embarrassed. And I'm laughing. He's got this bewildered look on his face, and I'm trying to walk out the door because I know I can't control it much longer. And my mom looks at him and goes, I need that to be clean before I come home. Thank you. <laughs> and then we left for church. <laughs> and it was at that point I realized it was like that bad episode of Family Guy. I was like, Brian, are we trash? <laughs> yes. I think if Pop Pop poops in the floor of the kitchen, we're trash. <laughs> and I tell you this because these are only stories you tell close friends. Uh, and so welcome, <laughs> welcome to the inner circle, hillbilly and hipster listeners, and to the hillbilly and hipster listeners that live in my neck of the woods and might possibly know Pop Pop. For the love of all that is holy, do not tell him that I told you the story <laughs> because I feel like it might come back and bite me. <laughs> Now, in hindsight, I'm thinking about so the stories I could relay about my discovering I'm trash <laughs> are really sad compared to that. But if oh, you'd like to, reasons, but that's the funny one. If you'd like to comment or or just connect with us, you can do so on X, formerly known the app, formerly known as Twitter, and our handle is at Hill Hipster Pod. Don't forget if you use the hashtag. Tire fire, though we were formerly known as a tire fire, and now we're a dumpster fire. Um, we're gonna pick one of those tweets, and we you can get yourself one of these uh really shiny, fancy hillbilly and hipster t-shirts. Andy's right, they are slimming. I felt I felt downright svelte wearing mine to church the other day. <laughs> I felt at least five pounds lighter. <laughs> But you can check us out. Uh, connect with consequently, us consequently, pop pop about five pounds lighter that day too. <laughs> it's our our handle on X or Twitter is at Hill Hipster Pod. You can email us. Hit us up on the Gmail at Hill Hipster Pod at Gmail Check out the fine folks in the fine blacksmith merchandise at San Gargano Armory Etsy But it is, but it's still not blacksmith apparel. It's coming. Someday it's soon. coming. I, f- I feel it deep down. That man's a hustler. It's coming. Etsy.com slash shop slash St. Galgano Armory. And you can reach out to them on social media, both Twitter and Instagram at St. Galgano. I got to say this, men. Don't be afraid, right, to to make friendships, make that extra effort to make friendships, to make new friendships, to restore old friendships um that, you know, that's and, a whole episode in itself restoring old friendships that, absolutely. that's that's a whole episode in itself and christian it's fine for you to pursue friendships with with believers and unbelievers alike now they may be different but it's perfectly fine for you to have solid intimate good friendships with unbelievers but be a safe and faithful friend to someone and ask god to provide that friend for you or for your spouse um, if you're struggling in that area. And I got to tell you, men, love your wives. If you don't have a wife yet, find yourself a good godly woman, marry her, raise a family, bloom where you're planted, love the Lord, serve him faithfully. And that's how we win because we do win down here. And that's how we win. That's right. And do all that he just said, bathe it all in prayer. Amen.
pray don't just assume you're going to find a godly woman don't just assume you're going to find godly friends and you're going to raise godly children you have to pray god bring me a godly woman show me the woman that you have for me god bring godly men and women into my life i was going to give you the last word but i'm going to say isn't this christian christian nationalism i hope so and it look if if the genital story and the poop story didn't get us canceled today, that's going to. <laughs> but if y'all could see these outtakes, Andy could say whatever, but there's always one thing in an episode that I say that just stops him speechless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was it. And so we we love you we appreciate you um we do enjoy doing this and i just have to say remember that the lord the lord is with you and he is for you amen and if he's for you can't nobody be against you all right be blessed later guys where's the record button to stop it